episode with my man patty broke a skull patty hey what's going on man just the regular just the usual just the summer stuff you know uh i accidentally ended up watching some pfl which i find to be like the lowest form of mma outside of bkfc because if you tell somebody who doesn't know anything about the ufc about mixed martial arts I think that's what they think the UFC is. A bunch of just big tough dudes with fucking blistered hands from working on their vehicles all day long because, you know, they're men uh, fighting and competing for a million dollars while wearing denim jeans and no shirt. That's what I think most people think that MMA is. They think that it's this watered down, trashy, uneducated, filthy fucking sport of just behemoths. And the PFL is that. The PFL is that. The PFL takes the same thing that Bellator has done and takes the scraps that you know the UFC leaves behind and makes them into stars. They say, here, Anthony Pettis, here's a million dollars. Here, Omari Akhmedov, here's a million dollars. These are guys that were almost absolute failures in the UFC. And they say, you know what? I'm going to put on these cutoff fucking these jorts and go in there and swing, swing my hardest. And to me, no matter how much they try to bring in fucking hip-hop stars like 50 Cent or Wiz Khalifa, fuck PFL all the way into the ground. Okay, there's not a good fighter in PFL that would, wouldn't prefer to be in the UFC. Their best fighter isn't better than our top 10, period. There's not one. Even ex-champions from the UFC that are now in PFL, trash, dude. Anthony Pettis isn't even a real fighter anymore. He hasn't been a real fighter since he fucking knocked out Steven Wonderboy Thompson. And I bet that dude's pissed about that result. What I'm saying is the, the most casual person would think that these guys are competing for this big paycheck. They're not really invested in this lifestyle because that's what it is, dude. Mixed martial arts is a lifestyle. When you do it to this point of being a professional, it is a lifestyle. And you can see the guys that live the lifestyle and guys who want to go and do $50,000 $50, poker games with a hoodie and glasses on and pretend like we don't know you're Colby Covington. Also, don't know who Colby Covington is. You see what I'm saying? It's this weird through line of uh, we're celebrities, but also not. It's a pseudo thing. And all of it is. And all these organizations that keep popping up will never compete with the WWE like the AEW. There's nothing that will ever compete with the UFC like the AEW competed with WWE, ever. There will never be. Same thing with the NBA, NFL. They have established themselves. So when you bring on this thing, it's like, oh, it's tournament style and you can win a million dollars. What are you saying? Hey, guys, fight as hard as you can for these 16 fights. Win a million dollars, never have to fight again. But also, million dollars isn't worth that much these days, guys. Can we be wrong? <laughs> well, by the time they pay out their camp and shit, they don't have nothing. Exactly. What is it? A $50,000 camp at, at <laughs> the least, dude? Especially if you're going to a big camp, it's going to be expensive as hell. But the point being is it's it's this uneducated form of mixed martial arts and what it's supposed to be. So anybody who tries to criticize the UFC should criticize the PFL first, should criticize Bellator first, criticize these wannabes, because that's all it is. They're just a group of wannabe guys who love the sport, but they don't really understand the mechanics and the foundation of why the sport exists and why the UFC is what it is. You could make the argument all day long that there's better fighters outside the UFC. You could. But those fighters are fighting in leagues that have different rules. They have shittier fighters. So does that make them better if they're not actually – like Fedor is the biggest argument. Is he the best heavyweight of all time? Yes, you could argue that. Has he ever competed in the UFC? Fuck no. So how can you still make the argument? Yeah, I'm a well, smart motherfucker, dude, and they should be listening to this podcast more often. Let's be honest. The PFL uh, sucks. And uh, I'll tell you one thing about the PFL that I find fucking stupid. Is if you notice any R Russian uh, fighters on their card, they, uh, they have their generic fucking name that they make up for him. I guess they can't say Russia. I mean, yeah. the guy can't help where he's from. If we drop some fucking nukes 
on on Canada, some stupid shit. I can't help from I'm from here. So if I go to fight for somebody, don't fucking just take my country. They take the uh, fighters from Russia, and they got some generic name for them, like uh, Europe Universal, some some generic shit. And they got their own flag they done made. That's fucking not a flag that only PFL uses for that, you know, that fake fucking country they made up for everyone that comes from Russia. It's crazy. I mean, but it does make sense because it feels like even stuff like Pride would sort of lump lump these fighters into one category instead of, hey, this guy's from, you know, Latvia. Is that still a place? I don't know. I don't do research. But, dude, let's get into it about this contender series. Last week set a standard. You know, it set a standard amongst fighting, period. But the standard it set last, last week was for the contender series and those fighters. So when you see guys crying after going to a decision, still expecting a contract, go the fuck somewhere else, dude. Your tears are not good here. Nobody liked when Daniel Cormier cried. We're not going to accept some random fucking nobody. What was his name? Prague or Prog or some, some dumbass who's been on the show before has a good jab. Oh, well. Go find something else to do. Your good jab's useless here, son. Because he was fighting a guy, what, half his size, and he still didn't do well? Nonetheless, last week's card set the standard, and this week's card told you exactly what it really can be. What it really can be in most cases is. Uh, speaking of last week's card, now, on this show, I'm pretty sure I brought up that uh, that heavyweight winner, Waldo Acosta. I, I was so happy about this, dude. Because I, I was watching the show, and I, I was like, he deserves a contract because would he oh, knock yeah. out Jared Vanderall or Josh Parisian? Yes, he would. And now he's going to fucking sign the face uh, Jared Vanderall Der- Van coming up in an upcoming fight. So that'd be great. We'll get to see that guy knocked out once again. He'll be the fucking heavyweight Sam Alvey. Absolutely. They cut him. They but, finally did? What's that? No, no, no. Not Sam Alvey. <laughs> Jared got, that, was, that was your joke there. My yeah, bad. that was my joke. I don't know why they haven't caught that guy. I think his contract's expiring anyway. I mean, but it's hard. With Sam Alvey, we could, a lot of these guys in his particular position, all these fights, this UFC longevity, we'd sit here and make the argument for them being the gatekeeper. We have not done that with Sam Alvey. <laughs> he's not skilled enough, man. <laughs> but, well, we, we had a female start off this week after last week's exceptional card, and he's uh, two. Uh, I just wrote down here, boring as shit. Neither deserves a contract as I was watching it. It's the same exact speech that Dana made last week that should have been made this week. Or the week prior, before last week. Hey, bitches, you know what you're here for. You come to work. Every single fucking skill set that you have needs to be used in this in this competition. Uh, if, if you're going to sit here and plan to go three rounds and do takedowns and shit, go the fuck somewhere else. Go to a wrestling camp. Go teach wrestling at a high school because this isn't for you. We need oh. dogs. We need animals, and it doesn't matter male, female, or anything in between. We need dogs. Fight number two came on. This flyweight bout. Clayton Carpenter, uh, Edgar, Cherez. All right, this... We're well, I'm watching this, and about a minute goes is, is uh, gone into it, and uh, Carpenter, he's getting beat up. I mean, he... He's getting tagged over he, and over. He's getting tagged, but I did notice he was throwing in his own shots as he got inside. And uh, Bisping, they were all like kind of downing him. The Bisping especially. Oh, and uh, he's like, man, he's getting a tough night at the office for this guy. And, uh, you know, I was I was telling my son, I was like, man, he's getting his shots in. They're few and far between. But, you know, if he, this guy keeps going at it, this I mean, this guy's fucking tough. He took three flying knees. He's still standing. 
He I didn't said, even get rocked. I said, dude, I watched this fight for two minutes, and I said, you know, I'd rather they sign both of these guys over that, that fucking fight that just took... And it's because we're actual fans, Sam. We've watched too many fights in this same weight class where we saw dudes give up after those shots. We saw dudes quit. And you see this new kid who is getting rocked, he's getting hit, and he's still coming forward. He's taking the damage. He's still he's still fighting. We have too many people in the UFC that just won't fight at a certain point. They'll get to a point where it's, I, I, I'm out. I can't. I got nothing. because this man don't even have to think. It's all right. reaction. At least that's what he said. I was making fun of that all night. I, I, exactly. It was very uh, corny, but at the same time, when you watched him fight, you're like, all right, he needs he needs to polish. He needs more polished skills, okay? But his mindset's there. And that right there is the hardest thing to create, to make somebody's mind lean in the direction of, I'm going to be a fighter. This is what I do. You can't stop me. Having that mindset is already a win for him. He just needs to be at a good camp. Yeah, I just like how Carpenter, he's willing to take a beating in order to get inside and get his licks in. I like that fighting style, and it, it eventually started working after uh, about the middle of round two. Edgar started getting tired, and... Uh, Clayton Carpenter slowly took over. Also took him down a couple times. Do some nasty oh, and they were, elbows. They were solid takedowns. They were very good takedowns. Uh, very well timed. But you gotta, you just gotta wonder that mindset too. How powerful it can be because it can work against you, where you're taking a beating for no reason. Like you could have just, you know what I mean. You could have stopped, tapped out, whatever it was. But the kids definitely got a mindset that's interesting for this, uh, this sport. I just want to see them get better. Uh, then we had Eric Silva up next, who just took his man straight to the fucking ground and uh, pounded the shit out of him with some yeah. nasty elbows himself. We didn't even get to see the other guy. The, the, the guy, Anvar, we didn't see much of him at all. Hell, we didn't see much of Eric Silva at all. I really don't know what he can do. I mean, was that a fluke? Was it just his guy sucked? I don't know. Uh, then the heavyweights after that. Uh, I wouldn't have gave these. I wouldn't have gave that guy a contract. He'd been on there before, and the highlights they showed when he was on there the first time, they looked way much better than anything he did this time on the show. So, I don't know. Well, what do you, would you assign him? I know the heavyweight division sucks. Well, and then if, if that is the case, shouldn't they have just signed both guys? They did the same. One had a nice jab. One had a sweet leg kick. That's it. Bring them both. I guess we need them. And then uh, Bo Nickel, man, he made this big deal out of Bo Nickel, and he was like the uh, 5,000 betting odds favorite. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he took his guy down quick, and submission, uh, rear naked choke, the minute. It was like no contest. It was only a second MMA fight. So mm -hmm. like, well, we'll have you back and uh, see what you can do when you come back. He well, wait. Content with it. I, did, I didn't continue watching to see who got contracts because oh. I really – I don't care that much. Okay. Um, was there two sets of heavyweights? Am I am I talking about the last guys? The last guys, uh, Bode Nickel. Okay, that's the guy that cried. Not him, but whoever he fought, right? Uh, I don't remember him crying. I, I okay. fast forward through a lot of the shit. Well, it was the guy, the giant black dude, man, who had oh, been on the oh, show that before. Guy. Yeah, he was a heavyweight. He got the con been on the show okay. before, but he didn't is, do a whole lot in that fight. Just jazzed that who the you're shit out of the about? guy. No, I'm talking who, about who, Bo Nickel, the last fight. Just skip past the, very, the last fight, the middleweight. Okay. Bo Nickel, who's this like all American fucking wrestler. Yeah, he is a redhead. One deal. He looked like Sam Alva a little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. 
He was actually one of the more attractive gingers I've ever seen in life. You're like, usually they're gangly fucking freaks, but well, this anyway, guy, he's the- they didn't flat out give him a contract. They promised to bring him back. Have, yeah, come back. So we can see him again. Okay. My mistake. The heavyweights was what we were talking about with the jab. The guy had that yeah. quick jab. The shorter guy had the leg kicks. Uh, he was John Wood or whatever was his coach. And, you know, did you give him the contract because he cried? Or is it because the division is so desperate? I don't know, man. Like I said, his highlights from the first time he was on the show looked much better than anything he did on the second time he was on. I wouldn't have gave him a con. No. But he did. Got a... But what would the show be if they didn't give a contract? It'd be like the first episode, which is great. Yeah. I, I think. But see if they <laughs> keep the doing first. The next, very next episode was great after the first. Oh, all right. There's more, uh, there's more drama within the contender series than there was in the entire Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, that's true. You see the guy that um, that that went to that grueling decision last week and yep. lost. Well, actually, what the fuck happened? Ah, oh, I can't think that the guy's fucking. Um, oh, Shannon Ross. Shannon Ross. He got knocked okay. out in round two, and he didn't get a contract last week. Well. He was fucking hurting all that fight that took him to the hospital and the fucking uh, appendicitis or whatever. So they came and gave him the fucking contract. Yep. Pretty, pretty said, Hey, wild. fought with appendicitis, guys. Oh. Remember when fighters used to do that? Remember when they'd slam their fingers in a car door and still be there to fight the next week? Yeah, those used to be what fighters were. Remember that? I do. That's what makes me so critical of this fucking sport today. There's so many of those guys that aren't that. There's so many guys. I mean, when you have a guy that was modeling before he decided to get into MMA, I'm kind of out. Because the only time that I, I ever want to hear somebody was modeling before they did anything combat worthy, it should be the WWE. I mean, put on a dress, princess. That's where you should be. And then they come in and you're like, oh, he's a fucking great boxer. Son of a bitch. He's so handsome. You know, it's, that's how I feel about like Ryan Reynolds, Brad Pitt. It's like these guys are too attractive to also be funny and good at their job. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't work the same way for women. For women, you can just be hot and be stupid, and no one give a fuck. You know what I mean? A guy has to have like a skill set. Like, oh yeah, not only is he one of the most handsome men, probably the most handsome man in the world, Brad Pitt. He's also a fucking stellar actor. You know, if he wasn't good, if, just because he's good looking, they wouldn't keep putting him in films. You know, it's like Vanna White. You know who she is? What does she do? What's her skill? Being pretty, being pretty. All right, let's go to this last call. So. That just took place, uh, Santos versus Hill. The first the first bout, man, fucking Stephanie Edgar had picked her to win. I'm going to have very bad luck on the first fight, so the, all these cards. Uh, it's uh, Mariah Bono Silva. Uh, put her in a fucking arm bar, and then she let go, said she tapped. Chris Tyone, he stopped the fight. They go to the monitors. They can't fucking see anything because you cannot see her tap at all. You can't see her arm. And then they go talk to the judges, uh, and um, John McCarthy's son said, yeah, I definitely saw a tap. So, stop the fight, fight's over, and Silva gets the win, and she cried her fucking eyes out, <laughs> because she teaches kids, and this and that, and she don't like to be called a liar. I mean, I know you had an attitude if somebody calls you a liar, but goddamn it, and Stephanie Edgar didn't actually say, no, she didn't fucking tap, she just stood there looking stupid. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just over the crying in this sport. Like, there's no crying in baseball. It should be changing. There's no crying in MMA, you assholes. But turns out, a lot of crying. Uh, Corey McKenna in that second fight, 
like like I, I was saying, this is a rebound fight for her. Uh, Miranda Granger, she took her down. Uh, she almost finished her in the first round, and then when the second round started up, she uh, took her back down. Vaughn flew choke. I think it's the only uh, time uh, women, uh, females done to Vaughn. They'll never stop saying. talking about it when she's introduced. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Brian Battle, dude. This was a... Uh, I know. Holy oh, fucking fluke. No, this was, a, this was impressive. And this is the thing that bothers me about the Ultimate Fighter at the same time that makes me kind of enjoy it. It's like you can despise a man because he just sounds like he just seems to come off as a shitty guy. And then he could be a great fighter. You know what I mean? It's it's the dynamic of like, I don't really need to know their personality, but I'd like to know their personality. You know what I mean? Bits yeah. and pieces is fine. Whereas it's like nobody really knows if Islam Makachev's a good dude. You know what I mean? But we, we still like him as a fighter. Uh, yeah. But Brian Battle, just he's not a bad guy. He never came across as a bad guy to no. me. He's just a guy who didn't want to win. He's cor kind of corny, cheesy dude, long hair, weird uh, speaking voice. If I never heard all that and just saw him perform, well, I'm on his team, right? Yeah, we both be on the squad. Yeah. Well, th this is the type of guy that, uh, that I think the, the Ultimate Fighter is kind of all about because the coaches you get on the show, you can't pay for some of these coaches. You get top-notch fucking yeah. learning and this well, guy was picked last so i don't think his skills was all that when he got on the show but this motherfucker paid attention he learned he got better and here he is and i, I just uh saw him on twitter a little while ago that he says he's the ultimate fighter not the ultimate speller because he called out brian barbarino after the fight and was like you spell your name wrong brian but he spells the same the same fucking spelling as uh, Brian Battles. So. Oh, that's, funny. that's good. <laughs> so pretty funny. And then Sam Alvey. You know that's a me joke. That's a that's a me joke for sure. Where it's like I'm just gonna poke fun at the fact that his name is spelled the strange way. Yeah. Brian, you spelled it the same. Your parents did. That's so funny, dude. Sam Alvey just got released. Breaking news. Got knocked out in the first round as usual oh. lately. Wait, who did who did Brian Battle knock out? Uh, Sato. Okay, that because I'm I'm pretty sure I definitely picked Sato, you know, and because I'm I'm picturing battle as a ground guy. That knockout was extreme, dude. It, it was. was. Dude had his arms clinched as he went down on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> oh, bro, he was, he was he was he was he went to he got knocked out like he went to sleep holding a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> He's cuddling his fucking tiny pillow or a bear, I guess. You know, if you're gonna. And this real... Terrence McKinney is a fucking problem, dude. Yes. Yeah. This is, what I, this is what I tried to explain about him before is it's like I, I have nothing against this man, but those hype trains are really hard to get on. But when you see that he is very versed, he's very versed in the sport. It's not he's a knockout machine. He's not a highlight reel per se. He is a guy that can come in there and finish you anyway. And that makes him somebody you have to root for. You just have to now because it's like I don't know what he's going to do, but I just can't wait to see it happen. He was teed off on Eric Gonzalez and then he took a massive punch. And then he yeah. took his ass straight down. He's like, enough fucking around. Let's go. I mean, Terrence is a big guy, too. He's he's pretty big for the weight class. Not height-wise, but he's definitely he's he's getting bigger as we see him go. Right? I mean, he looked huge this last fight. His back was yeah. massive. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens if he continues to try to take these fools down or if he can get back to that knockout streak that he kind of had going. Sergey Spivak uh, just, man, absolute pummeled uh, Augusta Sakai. Took him down at will. Some hammer fist thrown in there. I like to see more hammer fist. This dude said it right, too, at the end. Spivak said it exactly right at the end. Obviously, it was not right in the sense of, like, the English forming of a sentence, but it was right in the sense of what he's saying. 
hey, fuckers, I'm too good. Give me better. This is insane. Why am I still fighting these fucking scrubs? I've, what is it, 10 fights in a row? Something insane. And the heavyweight division is wide open. And they're still yeah. like, nah, here's Steven. <laughs> Steven Stevenson, go get him. You're like, well, give me fucking anyone that has a name, dude. Spivak needs to be challenged so that way we can actually say he's worthy. Fighting these fucking scrub dudes, we already know he should win. We said it in the last episode. Neither one of us were like, Augusto, man, he's coming in. He's going to knock him out. Both of us went Spivak all day because he's just underestimated as hell. Yeah, like I said in the last episode, I think he was in Bellator. He had only one loss at the time. It was a split decision to check Congo, which check Congo is a tough guy. Check Congo was Francis Ngannou of 2005. So I think they they thought, like, hell yeah, we're stealing over a good heavyweight from Bellator. This guy shoot right up to the top of the division, and he just is not that fucking great. But, uh, but it Juliana first- Miller oh, versus Brogan Walker. Yeah. It kind of went exactly how we said, huh? <laughs> I went with Brogan, of course, but it went sort of exactly how I said it was going to go. Juliana could pull it off. And it, it went that way. The fucking take her down, stay on her, you know, that length. It, it, it's definitely an advantage if you know how to use it. But what'd you think? Well, she, uh, man, she was nasty. The fucking elbows. But, uh, Dude, Michael Bisping got on my nerves in this fight because the fight had been on about a minute and he's telling you all the stuff Walker's going to do. Like, at, when the second round was about to end, he's like, oh, Walker's going to, she's going to take over the third round. I'm like, dude, what are you talking? Where are you getting this information from? What the fuck are you seeing? I don't see. What's happening? What are you? T-? But, uh, yeah, it never materialized. I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. But, uh, and Miller, she's fucking tough. She's got, she's got a heart. And she, I think she said it pretty good when she said, on paper, this looks like a loss for me, but uh, right. I got determination and heart. Like, wow. Yeah, it, it, I like that. That's the that's the Juliana Pena version of a fighter. You know what I mean? She could be very successful, man. She seems pretty fearless. Mm. She's pretty lanky for the division, you know? We'll see. I just think she's a... Uh, maybe it's just my underestimation because of the way she, you know she is built. She seems physically weak. But I do think that if she could pack on some muscle, she might be strong, dude. I don't know. Because they're all afraid to take punches anyways, and oh, she did I was going to say, man, from what you say, she's willing to take a risk yeah. to get in there and punch. But, but again, she's willing to take this risk against fighters who aren't willing – who have not seen this type of risk-taking. You know what I mean? Uh, against a higher-level opponent, it is going to be tougher, and that's where we'll really see if she can shine, you know? All right, this next fight I picked wrong, and I'll tell you why. Muhammad Usman, uh, fucking knockout. Over yeah. uh, Zach. We both did. So. Where well, we weren't wrong. <laughs> we weren't wrong. We were wrong in our choice, but we weren't wrong in what Usman could have. Could, he has these capabilities, these abilities for sure within him that he just had to find. He had to find them and define them. And we saw that. We saw it. And now everybody's terrified. Everybody's scared of this division now, dude, because he's already a big boy. Yeah, but when you well, saw his fights, they were kind of lackluster on the show. Then you see this, you're like, oh, fuck. I'm yelling at the TV, Zach, take the motherfucker down. Take him down. He probably wanted a strike with him, dude. I don't know You know, know how why. it is, that ego shit? Mostly heavyweights, take man. Take him the fuck gotta down. Knock me out. <laughs> we haven't seen Usman on the ground. Somebody with that amount of uh, muscle mass, it's usually hard for them to get up once they are taken down. They can be worn out very quickly. But the, the thing is, is his explosiveness is his biggest weapon right now. If he can utilize it the way he did in this fight, bro, heavyweight division's on notice. And then uh, Jeff Neal, man, he let his hands go. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we both we both kind of had the same theory. I, I you know, wrong. talked about it. Where it was like, both of the, this fight is a good fight. This is a good fight, and this could go either fucking way, man. Nine times out of ten, it goes five. To, you know, ten times ten fights in a row, it's five and five. You know, with these two guys, but uh, Jeff Neal's got to be more consistent if he really wants to uh, keep people uh, paying attention to him. Jamal Hill, the real fucking deal. He fought Santos. Santos corner told him, man, don't get in a bar fight with this guy. Don't get in a bar fight. Well, yeah. dude kept coming out and, and swinging away at Hill, and, and he did get in the bar fight, and he'll he'll get the better of that. Mm-hmm. He'll look great in this fight. <laughs> Again, another guy who has a, a particular body type that doesn't. It's really non-threatening outside. Of, you know, when you when you put these two guys together without any information, just based on body type alone. I would say most people take Santos for sure, but there's something within Hill that he he possesses that makes him different. It's not strength. I think it might just be accuracy. That's it. Very accurate. Because remember, most like in your first fight ever, you threw punches with your eyes closed. That's just what it was, dude. Because you didn't want to. You know what I mean? That's just what a lot of people did. That's your instinct. But I think Jamal Hill has never closed his eyes. Man, I probably don't even sleep because the accuracy is same thing with Adesanya. These are guys that had this Anderson Silva. These guys have this accuracy that is you can't pinpoint, you can't figure it out. It's you can't teach it either. So man, what's let's next, get into. I, I'm I'm curious what you think about Hills next because this is a big Ooh. this is a big opponent. Santos fought for the belt, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Shara. Well, wow. I mean, that would be really nice. That'd be yeah, really nice. Wow. But why? So that way Tashera gets another chance at the belt because he takes this dude down and taps him out? Ugh. Ugh. Right? That's gross. That's exactly what will happen. Does. Because that's the only thing that you – that's the only way you beat Hill. You have to put him on his back. And if you're not good enough to get to that position, Tashera is. Because well, they want to see him knock dudes out. They want to keep him knocking dudes out. I don't know. 205 is open, man. It's open. But this is a boy who's got a body type again who we can see at 185. Yeah. That Magamod uh... – and not leave guy that's Klyev, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, wow, dude, that might be perfect. That, that, that be might good. be exactly what they do. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what's Hill now? Five, three, he's up there on Clive's what two, something like this. So it fits right in top five. Hill uh, six, okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, Magamod three, there you go, six and three, bro. That's perfect. Let's go. Number one contender fight. Who Who's in between them? Guys that haven't fought. Uh, Darren Till. No, that's 205. No, sorry. No, uh, Anthony Smith is fifth. Oh, come on. Still? <laughs> All right. Let's get to this new Alexander card, man. Rocket. All right. This new card. Rocket. What Diego. happened to him? Broken knee or something? That's right. When's he coming back? This, uh, exactly. this card's San Diego. Dude, my, my, uh, I'll be shuffling papers and shit because I printed out the UFC, the ESPN fight pick em, uh Monday night. And uh, the fights have changed order like crazy. It's still all the of same course. fights. So. But uh, the first fight, uh, Yusef Zellel, uh, Damon Blackshear. So this Zellel guy is 3-3 three and three in the UFC. He's lost his last three. He's only 25. Both of these guys have never been submission, uh, never been finished. And they're both submission guys. Uh, Blackshear, he's only 27. He's making his UFC debut on his last four. Eight submission wins. Now, this guy, even though it's his UFC debut, he's faced some good top competition when I went back through the people he's faced. And, I mean, he's got, he did lose, but he lost to Pat Sabatini. I mean, Pat Sabatini, 
doesn't lose yeah. to many people. And uh, it does have a loss to that uh, Chris Monteo guy, you know, the guy that fought Sugar. But anyway, I went with Blackshear, man. Okay, well, here, here's what I like about Yusuf. This is a guy that they did put in this in the fucking UFC with a lot of hope, a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. They talked this guy up. He was a young cat when he first came in. That was a big deal about him being one of the younger members in the, in, on the roster. But he is very talented. It's just the inconsistency. And you can't have that inconsistency against guys no one gives a fuck about. Right? You have you can lose to Jim Miller, Darren Elkins. You know what I mean? You lose to guys with names. Losing to regular dudes back to back or win one, lose one, win one, you just you get lost in the roster. His last fight was uh, Sean Woodson split decision. Again, who the fuck is Sean Woodson? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? There's no face that comes to mind. Point being is is it his fault? Is it his camp's fault? Is it the UFC's fault? I don't know. But I like the kid, so I'm gonna stick with Yusuf on this one just because uh okay. perhaps Black Shears too new you know the lights might get to him there's a lot of things and uh, just the fact of not knowing anything about him uh, it right. takes a lot uh flyweight belt ode osborne against tyson nam uh with Nate diaz record <laughs> yeah man nam's 38 years old he's two and three oh, in the ufc this guy looks 15 <laughs> i mean good for him <laughs> he does he does yeah right but, uh, crazy Oh. This is his last fight. It's his last fight, and Osborne by knockout. Let's move on. All right, yeah, that's <laughs> actually I got, I got Osborne right? winning too. I picked him. Not, was it ninety fucking percent of the people picked? Him. Absolutely. They're like he's All fighting right. this kid. Oh, he's a thirty-eight year old kid. Um, uh, also because of how Ode performed in his last fight is why a lot of people will take this. Hey, man, I'm gonna tell you, he had that knockout loss to uh the cop with that knee that was perfectly placed. He maybe kept huh? faking, then he hit. He, after that, his last he, two fights, he's been killer. I think they rematch. I think they fight again. I think we'll see it because they're both kind of in that same. And it was mo- a good fight until that happened too. Very competitive. Yeah, he, absolutely. He's he's very smart. I mean, when I heard him say that this dude was expecting boxing and he, he's like, I had to throw something that wasn't boxing. I'm like, okay, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Let's see. Um, then we got uh, Gabriel Benitez. We've seen this dude uh, versus Charlie Antiveros. We've also seen this guy mostly because of his hair. You'll remember. Uh, Gabriel also has a record like Nate Diaz, 22 and 11. Uh, Charlie with an 11 and 8 record, 86% going with Gabriel. Um, what do you think, man? I've seen some good things from uh, both of these men. I think Charlie's a ground guy, if I'm not re- uh, mistaken. 11 and 8 record, though. What is he doing in the UFC still? He's uh, also the last fight, two fights via knockout, and all eight of it, I've never seen something like this. All eight of his losses were knockouts. All fucking eight. So, it's another guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, probably another one right here. Benitez. Uh, he's lost four of his last five. He was knocked out in three of those fights, but I think they said setting him up for a win with them. They want to get a win out of him. I don't know why with the him, but it, I mean, he's obviously set up for a win. The only, the only disadvantage he's got in this fight is his height. 5'8 to uh, Ontiveros 6'2. But yeah, Ontiveros, will he get his be knocked out for the ninth time in his career? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so the next one is a very interesting one because we go from guys with Nate Diaz's records, which, again, Nate Diaz's records are essentially anything that's 20 and 10, 20 and 11. If you got 30 fights and you've had 10 losses, that's a Nate Diaz record. Uh, we go right to Martin Bidet, who's 10 and 1, versus Lukas Brzezeski, uh, 8, 1 and 1. 86% taking Martin uh, the toilet Bidet. 
What do you think? What do you got on both these guys? Oh, oh that was a good bidet, man, because I remember him from the Contender Series. He, he knocked out Lorenzo Hood. They, like, okay. talked up Hood. And then I, I believe this is the guy that just hit me looking at his picture. I think, was this the guy that weighed, like, fucking 400 pounds and played video games in his bedroom all he the time? Be- and then he fucking came, lost a shitload of weight. But, but then he beat Chris Barnett in his UFC debut, which is, you know, a tough matchup. Not that the guy Barnett's very tough, but he's fucking weird as shit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I got him winning this fight. Uh, the this uh, Lukas guy from Poland. This is UFC debut. He won on the Contender Series, but uh, his opponent didn't actually tap. I don't know if you remember this fight. the The referee thought the guy tapped, but the guy fucking appealed that he didn't actually even tap. He was like reaching or something. But, uh, yeah, I went with Boudet. I went with the toilet Boudet. I like that nickname. Why not fucking use a crazy nickname like that? Come out yeah. with the fucking toilet around your head, the fucking bowl. Shit, man. Laundry. I mean, that's name a... recognition right there. You can fucking sell merch like the miniature was, toilets on the bobblehead and shit. I the same thing. I was thinking the same thing when I when I watched these guys on the Contender Series. Not, not do anything. Because remember the guy that cried? Of course, that's the one thing that stood out to me. But there's also things that like he, he said certain things that made you think, okay, no one else has said that. Same thing with that the Polish uh, blonde girl. Whatever, I think she oh. even she won by decision, but it was a strange fight. She was shorter than the Latino yeah. chick. Nonetheless, they had this particular thing about them that you haven't seen before in the way that they spoke about fighting, mixed martial arts, and why they want to be in the UFC. That in itself is exactly what I was like. Why aren't some of these guys taking the risk and being like, yeah, I'm the fucking toilet. <laughs> find me i'm on twitter at the toilet but day <laughs> i mean it's so good that, it's very catchy yeah and why not because no one else is doing that mm. no other fighter has a name that's like that that could also push that like sugar sean o'malley is easily the corniest fucking nickname ever because dude number one there's a thousand sugars have better history and fighting than you probably will yeah and what's the deal with him showing up next week who gives a shit no they're advertising he's gonna be there next week you know what? Who cares? <laughs> uh, just like the next fight. Who cares? <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of who cares. <laughs> All right. So I do got Bidet as well on the next one. Uh, right. On the last one. But I'm picking Lupi on this one. It's Lupi Godinez versus yeah. Angela Hill. For some reason, not. that name's still around here. Uh, Angela Hill coming in. 13 and 12. Just the ne- uh, fucking, just the most unnecessary fighter in the sport at this point. I mean, the guy... That we talked about JP Ellis with a 16 and 105 oh, yeah, record. Ellis. I'd rather see him. Dude, I fucking uh, search for him on YouTube. He's funny as shit. There's a video he's celebrating his 15th win, even though he had like 100 losses. And he's fucking yeah. so happy. He's like, dude. thanks everybody that stuck with me through all this time with my 100 that, losses. Oh, dude, <laughs> a win to that guy has to be <laughs> just fucking life changing. He's like, I didn't even get paid, dude. Just mentally. <laughs> That, that release of like, fuck yeah, yeah I, did, I did it, you know? I, I also wonder how much training he's going through on a weekly basis where he's like, he's like I fucking learned a new choke today. I'm going to try it out in this, my 89th fight. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Uh, All right, uh, Lupi Godinez, what do you got, man? Yeah, I, got, I got Lupi, man. This is a catchweight fight uh, because it's short notice for these women. They were supposed to fight in October, but they moved it up for whatever reason. Uh yeah, Angela Hill, she's lost five of her last six. She's 37 years old. Loopy's 28 years old. She's just going to take her down and set on her the whole fight. That'll be the fight. Her taking her down, setting her, setting on top of her. She can't do anything. What was she going to do anyways? <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, next fight also doesn't matter. We got Cynthia Calvillo versus Evan Tanner's corpse. Oh, sorry, Mina Nunez. 
Look up Evan Tanner and tell me I'm fucking. Tell me I'm wrong. He's dead. He's dead for sure. Tell me this doesn't. She doesn't look like Evan Tanner. (laughs) He was the middleweight champion, dude. Then when it drove his motorcycle out in the woods, it was like if I run out of gas or something, I'll be out in the woods. I won't be able to make it back. I'll die. And like that's exactly what the fuck happened. Shit, man. And it's like he fought like a week before. A fucking dummy. What are you doing? But also, also very talented, but also bro- so weird and broken. <laughs> uh, what do you think, man? We picked this fight already. I'm definitely yeah. not going with the Nunez. Yeah, Cynthia Calvillo uh, all the way, even though she's lost her last three. Uh, Nunez has just looked awful in her last two fights. She's been proven to be taken down at ease. Uh, skip on over to the next fight. Another one rescheduled? Yeah, this was supposed to happen. I just re- literally wrote down everything I had. <laughs> this was Again. supposed to happen last week. Here it is this week. Uh, Arion Lipsky, uh, Priscilla Cashiera. A cashier, she's won three of her last four. She's got six knockout wins. Lipsky, she's been knocked out three times. Uh, she's lost two of her last three. To, two of them were by KO. 74% of the people picked her. I went with Priscilla Cashiera, the one that looks like a man. Yeah, I did too. She's the one that got stabbed by her friends or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh, next one, we got story. Bruno Silva versus Gerald Mearshart. Uh, Mearshart, stupid record, you know, 49, 59 fights, something like that. I don't do math. Uh, versus Bruno Silva, 22 and 7. Also a lot of fights there. 84% taking Bruno Silva, whereas uh, 16% taking Gerald. But here's the thing. We know Gerald. We know him well. We've seen him in bad positions and, and come out on top. Lots of experience, more experience even than Bruno Silva. But Silva. What do you think, man? I think, I think this is a classic battle. A fucking knockout artist versus a submission man. Uh, if Mearshart can take him down, he, I mean, the man can submit anybody. Uh, he's won three of his last four. Uh, Silva had a tough go last fight against Alex Ferreira. Grueling fight, man. Grueling fight. But, uh, of course, he lost Alex Ferreira. But uh, he's been submitted five times. Uh, before that Ferreira fight, he won his, his uh, previous seven. But, uh, dude, I'm going with him. Just because Mir Shard, it's hard for me to take him seriously after watching, finding out about Jay Ellis and finding out he's got a fucking win over him. But anyway. Yeah. Same thing with the uh, getting with knocked Bruno out. Silva. By, yeah, he got knocked out by Kamzat. So we've we've seen that happen uh, recently. You know, so that's probably sitting heavy on a lot of people who are picking yeah. these fights. Whereas Bruno Silva has been pretty much successful. Uh, I'm going Bruno Silva as well. Oh, man, what is going on with these these late fights with gray photos this is insane yeah that is insane but uh but we do have devin clark a light heavyweight uh azmat mirzakin mirzakinov mirzakinov anyway mirzakinov 11 and 0 this guy knocked out tafan in his last fight with a huge flying knee I had a, a knockout on the contender series this guy is fucking mean man he's a problem i'm yeah. fucking calling with him all the way uh devin clark he did Knock out uh, William Knight in his last fight. William Knight, he's been a fucking disappointment. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, that one good showing, and after that it was <laughs> good. Um, but, yeah, Devin Clark's bottom teeth are probably barely still even in there. And oh, I think yeah, Adam's going to take it out. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he's going to be the dentist in this matchup. So, yeah, Azamat, no. uh, another guy that, I, you know, maybe that, that's the matchup. Spivak versus Azamat. You know, maybe we'll see that. Um, maybe that's a 205. Maybe I'm wrong. That's, that's heavyweight. Either way. This dude from the contender series to this point hasn't really been tested, but everybody he's faced hasn't been an issue for him. You know, where you didn't, even Tafan, 
there was no yeah. so yeah I, I think uh, Devin Clark this might be his last stint man I don't know if he's gonna he's gonna get another one I'd see him over there in the PFL dude this fight doesn't make any fucking sense why is it way up on the card it should be starting the card off mm-hmm. Yasmin versus Jasmine I like it I like it good bit straw <laughs> belt who the fuck are these people I didn't oh, even bother to really research them. I don't know who the fuck these people are. The one's 8-0, six knockout wins, and the uh, the Jasmine, she's won her last seven fights. Uh, I went with the one that's got six knockout wins. It's undefeated. Yasmine. Yeah. 90%. Yasmine over Jasmine. Absolutely. I did the same thing. Yasmine over Jasmine. Let's do it. Uh, also a fight that shouldn't be this late on the card. Uh, Nate Landwehr versus David Onama. 10-1 and one for Onama. 89% taking him. Uh, fifteen and four for Nate, eleven percent, guys. You know the math. Well, I'm uh, with Donama. All yeah. his wins are finishes. Uh, six knockouts, four submissions of his ten wins. His only loss was a decision win to Mason Jones. And uh, I mean, Nate, he's tough. He's two and two in the UFC. Uh, he's got eight knockout wins, but I won with. Oh. Yep. Weird co-main event. And Main according event? to UFC stats, that keep flashing on the screen. Younger fighter wins sixty-four percent of the time. Yeah, so I, uh, I got, need a fucking translator on Tuesday nights for Johnny the Greek. What yeah, the fuck's also, he saying half the time, dude? Also, voice doesn't match his face. Um, I'm big on the puppy dog. Fucking uh, did a two to one, a sixty four eighty three. Uh, the yeah. big dogs threw the money down. Jesus hey guys, Christ. hey guys. So today we're gonna be looking at about sixty four percent over here on uh, Johnny. Uh, actually, we don't know his skill set. Uh, we didn't actually look into that at all because, you know, what's that for? Uh, we're all about money over here. We're Greek, so that's what we do. I'm, I'm five foot three. Uh, I'm putting hairlines in the back of my ears. I don't know. That guy bothers the fuck out of me. I hate him so much. I wish they would stop going to him. This is a guy that should just do a podcast and get the fuck off TV. Like, what was the goal here? Does Dana White even talk to this guy? I bet they've never even seen each other. <laughs> but anyways. <clears throat> we, got, we, do have, we do have the main event now, guys, and this is, this is the easy one. This is a very easy pick for me. I have no problems going in this direction because this guy's voice, his presentation as a fighter has been lackluster since Uriah Faber called himself a kid at 31. And I'm going Cheeto Vera because it's Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz. Okay, stupid, pointless fight. Who whoever told Dominic Cruz he was still in the running for a title shot? Because <laughs> that means Daniel Cormier is and Paul Felder must be. God damn it. If they're still throwing it out there to Dominic Cruz, there's because what it. I hate him so much. Dominic Cruz, man, his last non-decision win, 2014. Wow, wow. Uh, two and two in his. I mean, his record looks great. 24 and three. Well, he's two and two in his last four fights. Split decision, and he could have been two and three. That split decision win over Casey Kenny, I'm not so sure about. That could have gone either way. They gave uh, it to I him. I thought he lost him. that. But, uh, yeah, he beat Pedro Munoz in his last fight. Dude, Marlon Vera, the way he dismantled Rob Font in that last fight, there's there's no way I can pick against him on this. So I won 129 strikes. He got teed off on by Rob Font, went out there and teed off on the guy, and he fucking stood there and basically laughed at his face, hit Rob Font like three times, and knocked him down. That was like every round. And then he just fucking destroyed Rob Font. So, yeah, I went with Marlon Vera. This is a guy, again, who has just impeccable vision. I mean, Mar- Marlon Vera is not your typical, you know, yeah, you fighter. I mean, he's got, he's got tattoos and all that stuff, so fine. 
you can pick him as a winner, but the guy's tough as nails. He picks his shots, and Dominic Cruz fights with a really weird open style, very Muay Thai still, but also tries to take you down. This is Cheeto Vera's fight all day long. Join the shit in the show notes, guys. At don't How many strikes you got? How many what? 188. 188? Damn, I have 129. And, uh, yeah, folks, go to the show notes, uh, click on the link, and join the fight group, and we'll see you next week.